Welcome to Lighthouse Church. Thanks for joining us today. This is, it's kind of sad, but this is our, our last sermon of, um, of Change Your City. This is it. We're ending today, officially ending today. And we're going to be going into some Holy Spirit-led Sundays where it's just messages that the Holy Spirit's speaking to us about. We're also going to give a message on the word for the year, something we do every year and, and what, what God's speaking to us about for this year in particular. Um, but with that, um, I, I love our, our church vision. Um, Lighthouse is not just about a, a brick and mortar wood building with four walls where we come and that's our church. No, ch church is people. And so one thing that I hope you understand as you're watching is no matter where you're at, which state you're in, which country you're in, wherever you're located, you are part of this church. Okay, and, and I love that. And one thing that we do that's, that's unique and different to our vision is wherever you're at, we want to encourage you to do life together. Be with someone when you're watching this, either over a Zoom or in your backyard, your living, whatever you feel comfortable doing, and do life together. That's where discipleship happens. When we're, when we're talking about the message and, and when the message ends and the camera ends and the live stream's over, one of our favorite things is, is we sit around and we talk about what would the Holy Spirit speak to you? Let's talk about prayer requests. Let's go through this. And that's where the discipleship happens. And I want to encourage you, if you're, if you're home or you're with someone watching this right now, do that. Build that practice into your life. And so with that, what do we got going on at our church? Well, make sure that on Thursday, you um, hop onto our Bible, our weekly Bible study. It's just it's always amazing stuff you get out of it. And just like yeah. that deeper dive into what um, the Word says. It's, and it's really all just biblically based um, so you get all these truths and all this, all this good stuff and wisdom out of that. And that's thir every Thursday at, from 5 to 6 p.m. So if you don't have the link, message us, lighthouse at 805.com. Right. Yes, info at lighthouse805.com. And we can get you that link so that you can join us every, every Thursday. Yeah. It's always something good to look forward to, you know, like midweek kind of a thing. Um, otherwise, I, I think that's we it. We have, um, we'll have our year... Uh, year mm -hmm. contribution. I always mess up the name. <laughs> I know Sterling said, I'm going, it's called this. <laughs> the, the year end review where um, this year it's going to be different. Instead of uh, at church physically, where we announce what happened in 2020, it's going to be on Zoom. So we want to encourage you uh, wherever you're at, we'll put out the link on our newsletter, social media, and we'll be announcing when that's going to be, but it'll be on a Sunday right after service. And we'll have a zoom call just right as soon as service ends. And we'll go into the financial details, our accomplishments, all that kind of stuff of, of what's happening. And we're a transparent church. There's nothing hidden. There's nothing secret. You're welcome to know anything you want. So with that, can you, can you pray for tithes and offering? Yes. So you can head over to lighthouse church. Oh my goodness, I am just like all tongue-tied <laughs> this morning. Um, if you go to our giving page, lighthouse805.com, <laughs> you can go ahead and fill out that information there and give that way. Um, but there's also a button on Facebook that you can just, it's one a one-click kind of a thing, and you can fill that out. Everything is safe and secure, so um, you can. that's another way of giving. And so uh, if you would just join me in prayer over our tithing offering this morning, and we will dive into the Word. Lord, we thank you for your faithfulness in our lives. We thank you because no matter what is going on around us, you are good. 
and you are faithful and that will never change, Lord. And so we thank you for that because your goodness and your mercy is always so abounding in our lives. Um, and so we thank you, Father, for the word that you have this morning. We thank you that as we come before you, uh, whether we are in our living rooms or watching on our phone, Lord, you it doesn't matter where we're at. Your presence is there always with us. So we pray that you would open up our minds and our ears to receive your word. Would it, would it penetrate our hearts so deep and would the conviction be so deep of how much you love us and how you want us to continue on in, yeah. in our purpose in life, in doing what you've called us to do? Lord, would we be so excited to do that this week? And so we thank you, Father, for, we, for what you have for us today. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Have you ever wasted your time? Have you ever, have you ever like felt your time slipping away and whether it's intentional or unintentional or on you or on someone else, like, you know, that feeling, um, if you don't know that feeling, maybe it's the feeling of, uh, you wasted your time on your day off, right? It's like your, your Saturday. It's like, you woke up a little bit later then you finally got around to this. And, and by the time, you know, it's like nighttime and you're like, where did my day go? <laughs> or have you ever, uh, I wrote another one down. Have you ever wasted your time studying for a test? Like, don't, please don't look at me right now, baby. <laughs> like, don't, don't acknowledge. <laughs> like, like, have you ever been in school and you're supposed to be studying for a test, but then you just keep finding things to do? Like, oh, I need to clean this room before I study. Oh, I need to do this before I study. I need to do this. And then it's like 1 a.m. and the test is that next morning. And you're like, what am I doing with my life? Or like, have you ever had someone else waste your time? As in, you're standing in line at DMV forever and your life is just slipping by. <laughs> like, I get kind of antsy when I, when I wait in line. Like, you remember Disneyland? And we're waiting in line and I just start getting like, I'm like, babe, just come on, we gotta get, let's go, let's do anything. <laughs> like, we don't need this ride. <laughs> we go on another ride. Or, or have you ever been, maybe um, you're at the In-N-Out in Oxnard and you're just, <laughs> Aaron, <laughs> like you just, like you just feel that, that feeling of like wasting time, whether it's of your own doing or it's someone else doing to you. It's like, there, it's like, that's the worst. Wait, I got one. Okay. Sometimes it's unintentional too. And I'm guilty of this. I walk around my house and I see, oh, I got to wash those dishes. But first I've got to empty the clean side. And then I start to empty the clean side. I'm like, oh, these cabinets are really dirty. I got to wipe them down. Start to wipe those down. And it's just this like rabbit trail when I get nothing done. And it's just, <laughs> I wasted all that. I'm doing nothing. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. It, yeah. I, I was thinking about this message. This is our, our last message in the Capernaum series, uh, Change Your City. And I was thinking about wasting time. And then I remember this quote that our, our district supervisor said, and it's not necessarily about time, but he had said um, that God had given him the word when he was going through cancer. And the word was, don't waste a good cancer. And he, he preached a message on that and he shared that to, to all the pastors. And, and I remember hearing that going, that's weird to say. <laughs> like, don't, what, what are you talking about? And it turned out that it was, you know, it's a kind of like a clickbait title, like don't waste a good cancer. And what he was getting at is be intentional. Don't mope around, don't feel hurt, dig deep into relationship with God. And so he spent that time understanding who he was, whose he was, and his relationship with God developed. And I remember him saying like, no matter what situation or hardship you're in, and you can look at endless stories in the Bible, of what people went through during hardships, they didn't waste that hardship. 
right? They turned to God. And, and that's why their stories in the Bible is what did they do during that situation, which propelled them out of that situation. And I love that. And, and I, was, I was reflecting on don't wasting your time and don't wasting a good cancer. And then it popped in my head and, and the Holy Spirit said, don't waste a good pandemic. And I was like, I don't know if I can say that, God. And he's like, I didn't ask your opinion. And I was like, okay, that's how, that's how my God talks to me. And I talked to him. Don't waste a good pandemic. And I, I started to realize that this Capernaum si series of changing your city, it's in the middle of a pandemic of, you know, we're not really supposed to be going into our city. And we're, we're intentionally in this time. It, it's, it's unique because we have technically, really, realistically, we should have more time on our hands than ever before. But I've also noticed more distractions from the world have increased more than ever before. And, and it's in this time that I, I really believe that we've had our, our sermon series on faith, you know, and hope. And it's, it's these, these foundational moments that God has been speaking to us about. Don't waste this time. Don't waste your time. Don't, don't waste the time that you could be digging deeper in God. Don't waste your time being distracted by what the world and the news and whatever's throwing on it. Be intentional about Jesus and your relationship right now. Be intentional about who's in your city right now. This, this is critically important we got to press in. It, it's, it's time to press in as, as this is the last sermon on changing your city. And I, I don't want this just to be um, an endpoint of you thinking, you know what? I like this series about reaching out and changing my city, but it's over. So now I can focus on other things. That's not, this is a lifelong lesson that we all need, right? We need to constantly have this attitude of changing our city. And so the last verse is, is Mark chapter two, verse one. And as you're flipping there, we, we preached on this verse of the larger story um, before. This was a message earlier in this, ser this series. But God brought this one verse back to my mind as we close this out. This is, this is the verse where, where Jesus is in, is in the house of Peter. And, and people come and, and the Pharisees are, are arguing that God doesn't have the right to, to heal and forgive and all these kind of things. And, and it says, all this, all this distractions... But Mark chapter two, verse one, the single scripture is, is the, the diamond in the rough, if you will. It says this, when Jesus came back to Capernaum a few days later, it was heard that he was at home. And this is the verse that's just been echoing in, in my heart and my mind this entire week. Right, if you look at, just think about it. When Jesus came back to Capernaum a few days later, it was heard that he was at home. It, it was heard that he was at home. It was heard, theologians believe that Jesus made his home at Peter's house. And the interesting thing about this is it was heard that Jesus was at home. It was, it was understood the people of this area that were hurting and needed healing and just needed Jesus. You know where they went? this is going to maybe offend some people. They didn't go to the church. They went to where Jesus was at. They, they, they went to where Jesus was at. And the thing that blew my mind, the thing that caused me to understand this whole thing that the Holy Spirit was speaking for this last message was the people knew where Jesus was at 
because they knew that he was with the disciples. I, can, can we get that for a moment? People will know where Jesus is at because they know his followers. They know the disciples. And I'm not just talking about the 12 disciples of this era. I'm talking about the 12 disciples, or I'm talking about all disciples of all time. I'm a disciple of Jesus. You're a disciple of Jesus. People will know to where to find Jesus because they know where to find you. And this, this is what blows my mind. When Jesus came back to Capernaum a few days later, it was heard that he was at home. People could find Jesus not at the church, but by finding the disciples. When people are hurting and they need Jesus, if they know that you have Jesus, they'll know where to go. Right? And, and I think that's, that speaks volumes. And I think that encapsulates the entire sermon series so beautifully. If people need Jesus, they're going to find you who has Jesus. Right? That, that's, that's, that's the connection point. That's, that's the thing that we're getting out of this. Our whole sermon series, sermon series is called Change Your City. Change Your City. And, and this, this idea is we want to look at the city Capernaum. This is the city that Jesus ministered in. It's not the city he was born in. It's not the city he was raised in. It's the city he ministered in. It's the place where the disciples were chosen. It's the place where the early church began and just exploded. It's this is the moment. This is the location. And we chose a sermon series about us changing our own cities. Not necessarily like Ventura. I'm not here to change the whole, I'm here to change my cities, right? It's, it's my friends, my relatives, my relationships that I have with people. That's my city. Likewise, for you, it's, it's you changing your city. You know, it's, it's your friends, it's your family, it's your coworkers, it's, it's your neighbors. That's your city. And your city can't be changed unless they know where to find Jesus. And I love that. I love that and it kind of scares me, just being honest, just thinking out loud here. Because that would mean that if my city doesn't know where to find Jesus, that's, that's, that's the weight on my shoulders, right? Do, do my friends know when they're hurting that Jesus has actually positioned me as the, the lighthouse, the guard in, in their life? Because I might be the only one. And I'm stationed here. And, and the scary thing for me to realize is just as a person, you know, not just the role of pastor, but as a person, we're all equal in this. We're all disciples of Jesus and he has positioned us all strategically in our cities as the lighthouses that we're meant to be. And if they don't know that we're the lighthouse for them because our light's not shining, what are they going to turn to? Right, and the whole message today is don't waste your time. Don't waste your time, any more time with your lighthouse turned off. Don't waste, don't waste your time. You, you can't afford it. You, you just, you can't. There is a mantle and a weight to being a disciple of Jesus. Right, we're, we're all called to be lighthouses. And, and today we're actually going to be doing life together 
like right now, <laughs> a lot sooner than, than later in the message. This is the moment that I want us to jump into doing life together. This is where discipleship happens. This is where the growth happens. This is where wrestling with your faith and thinking out loud and processing and then accountability takes over. So I want to encourage you if you're, if you're sitting next to someone on a couch in a lawn chair outside, or however you're doing life together right now, if, if you're just alone or if you're on a Zoom group, I want to encourage you to, to talk this out. Even jump into the comments of this live platform so we can talk about this together. But doing life together is this. What does Mark 2.1 mean to you? Again, that's when Jesus came back to Capernaum a few days later. It was heard that he was at home. What does it mean to you? And likewise, what are you doing so that it's heard that he is in your home? What can you do so it's heard that he's in your home? So it's what are you doing? And if you're not doing anything, well, what can you be doing? And so I want you to think about this, process it, talk out loud, and, and, and share. And we share not just to say, hey, look at me, but it's, we share to say, hey, here's some encouragement. And also, I need some accountability, okay? So with that, Patty, can you lead us into uh, doing life together? And please get your comments online so we can share them out loud and, and, and all grow from this. Yes. So as we jump into that and give a minute so that you can start typing your answers. Um, this for me personally, it's just so it, it's, it's encouraging and a little bit of a relief knowing there isn't some extraordinary thing I have to do. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus was home. Like it, it's just, Jesus resides in me. I don't have to go anywhere in particular for for people to know like, okay, this is where Jesus meets us, you know? And it's, it's not like a uh, old Testament days where there's like the Holy of Holies and you know, it, it's not a whole thing like that. It's just Jesus is in you. So you can just get started right away. And so that's also the part where we need to keep each other accountable because we have no excuses um, to take our sweet time. <laughs> but let's see, we am turning over to the comments here and Nakia is sharing that what Mark 2, 1 means to her is that people will know where to connect with Jesus is to go where his people are. Hopefully it's not just a building, but wherever he sends me, wherever, wherever I am, Jesus should be. I can keep creating and being a, hosp and being a ho hospitable place for his spirit to dwell and welcome all of his kids. And that's so important. It's just so, and that's really the key of it. Like Nakia hit it right in the head of, we are here to be open to whomever the Lord sends to us, you know, and sometimes it's easy to kind of pick and choose like, oh, well, that person just has way too many issues. I cannot deal right now. <laughs> boundaries are impor important. I'll be the first to tell you boundaries are important. But the Lord also provides um, opportunities for us to be stretched, to grow, to tap into our own um, empathy of mm. knowing, well, they're going through something. And so I need to be able to to be a place where they can find Jesus, you know? And so it's, it's just so good to constantly be aware of what you said earlier of who we are and whose we are. If we belong to the yeah. Lord, then, Hey, we're on the same team, you know? And so it, it can only be good. Um, Albert saying my home, my lighthouse, have I turned on the light? And that's a good question to be asking. Ask mm. it every day of yourself. Is my light on? Am I showing Jesus? Um, 
we we have to give a shout out. This is not doing life together, but just to say hi, uh, David gave, gave a shout out to uh, his airmen, the airmen station in New Jersey. So hi, Luke. Uh, hey, we, Luke. We, have, we have to give a shout out. Okay, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. No, it's so awesome, and this is exactly no. It's it's good. It's it's exactly what we mean because we have people watching, people in the military watching that's their city that's their home they yeah. could be watching together and and encouraging each other and all that it's just so good see this is why i love being able to do life together with you guys it, right now <laughs> um let's see we got um janelle saying i hope i live a life where my faith is transparent to anyone who encounters me mm. and that's so true it it's it needs we need to be able to radiate jesus um and not even necessarily in in saying Hi, I'm Patty. I'm a Christian. <laughs> you know, we're not going to be wearing those name tags, but uh, but if just how we live our lives, are we loving to each other? Are we gracious? Are we forgiving? You know, all these things, those are the ways people know. People will know. They'll see that difference and know that Jesus resides in you. Nathan is sharing, Jesus' hometown was Nazareth, but this is his new home. So home and my calling isn't necessarily my past, but my present. Mm. And that's so good. It's right now. Thank you guys for sharing and keep on, keep on posting stuff. It's so good to see. It's so good to encourage each other and even giving each other ideas of, oh, I never thought of it like that before. And that's so good to be able to share that. Um, and I do want to encourage you that just as you live your day to day, and, and yes, we may not be encountering people the way we used to, um, but there, the Lord still offers those opportunities. I don't know if you've ever found yourself lately, um, you know, whether it's people messaging or phone calls of people you hadn't talked to in a long time. I know even in the last maybe two months, there have been people that the Lord has just put on my heart just randomly, like just throughout my day of just, you know, their face will, will come up in my mind. And, and it's those moments of just reaching out saying, hey, just thinking, like being mm. honest, I haven't talked to you in years. <laughs> but I was thinking about you. How are you? And then that's how the Lord begins to open up those opportunities. You know, just a phone call, a phone call. We can go back to talking to people on the phone, not just a quick text message or anything. Um, so it's just, there's opportunities. There's always opportunities there. So we have uh, Jessica sharing, I think transparently. Oh, I think transparently is my response. People will come to me at their worst times in life because they saw what I went, they saw I went through hardships but Jesus got me through them. And that's so true. And this is what we mean by that, being able to encourage each other. Yeah, like yeah. we've gone through our own, we have our own stories, each of us do. Um, and people have seen the way we've responded and how we've come out on the other end. And it's only because we've been holding on to Jesus's hand. Um, and so why not offer the same thing to others of saying, this was really hard, the hardest thing ever. And yet I came out on the other side with Jesus and, and, Oh, that alone is really good. Um, Aaron is sharing, I'm guilty of serving others all day. And then when I get, when I get home, I'm spent. My family, my home gets the leftovers and I need to be better at bringing Jesus home. Hmm. And I think that's something that we're all guilty of. Um, even if we are home all day long, there, our mind can get so spent on other things. Yeah. We've wasted our time on so many other things that just did not need our attention. Um, and if you are working outside and, and you are spending hours and hours, like Aaron is saying, serving others, 
just know and be encouraged that the Lord redeems everything. You know, in my prayer is that he would redeem your time, that he would redeem your, your energy even. Um, it's okay to serve others. We're called to serve others. And yes, we do need to remember that our family are the, the yeah, that they shouldn't get our leftovers. You know, it's not ever fun to be like, oh, here, we ate it all and here you go. <laughs> Here's what's left. And it just, it happens. Life happens. What's not good is staying in that guilty feeling about it. It's mm-hmm. saying, okay, this mm-hmm. is what I've been dealing with. Lord, you're going to redeem this. And you, you start to do that change. Whether it means, I remember um, when Matt would come home and it was always kind of like, okay, we got to give him his like five to maybe 30 minutes of winding down. Because if not, if I would just start to be like, here, take, I remember London was a baby. I'm like, here, take London. Like I've been with her all day long and she didn't nap all day today. And here I am spent, but then not giving my husband a chance to like, just kind of wind down from his own crazy day. Um, and it turns into that cycle. So it's just that balance, you know, it's just, we, we need to find that balance everywhere. I love the, um, the, the story and like the, the heart that Nakia's dad had. And that was something that always stuck with me of when he came home, she would say that he would have like a spoonful, a of, spoonful peanut, of peanut, peanut butter. butter. Like, yes. We're not allowed to talk to dad until <laughs> he finishes his peanut butter. Which, <laughs> which Mr. Allen was a smart man <laughs> because if you enjoy peanut butter, you know, it takes a long time <laughs> to get all that peanut butter out of your mouth. So smart man, I, I may just start to develop a similar, <laughs> a similar thing with the peanut butter. But no, it's true. And it, it's just in those winding down times, those are the times when, when you meet Jesus. When, when you say, you say, okay, Lord, I've had, this is the day I've had, and you give it to him. No matter what, whether you're working, whether you've had a difficult conversation with someone, or you've had an argument with a loved one, with your kids, with your spouse, with a coworker, whatever, you need to take that moment to just breathe and say, Lord, I'm giving it to you. You know, and if, if it's something that needs to be readdressed, it'll still be there. But just take that moment to just breathe and allow the Lord to just totally cover you. Because alone, we will not be able to do it. Mm. All right. Getting back into the message. Um, and I want to encourage you. Um, one thing I, I mentioned earlier, what we do as soon as the cameras are off is we want to encourage you to do the same. And this is how we're all connected is as soon as we're done with the sermon, talk it out. Talk out what was the Holy Spirit speaking to you about? What's the Holy Spirit speaking this week to you about? What are you, what are you looking forward to this next week? And talk about prayer requests. Because this is, this is how we do life together, right? This is, the, this is the moment. This is what the disciples did. This is how they talked to each other. Like we, we know that they talked in route after, after Jesus gave a message, right? They would talk about it. And they would be like, either I have no clue what just happened. Like, like I don't know what happened. Well, so who's the greatest? You know, there were some things that they did that were wrong, but they still talked about what was happening. And I want to encourage you to do the same. All right. So the message today, don't waste your time. Uh, we talked about Mark chapter two, verse one. And now I want to partner that with the great commission. So go ahead, open up to Matthew chapter 28 and flip there and, and I, I want to look at the Great Commission in, in two parts, if you will. And I want to take the, the sandwich meat out of the middle as one part. And I want to take the opening ending as one part. So as you get there, Matthew chapter 28, verse 18, it, it says this. 
Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. So what I want to do is, is look at this. Your city will change based on two things. And those two things are, you know, you got Jesus in your home. And the second thing, and people know you got Jesus in your home, right? That, that's what's going to change your city. That you know that Jesus is in your home and that others know that Jesus is in your home. And, and I, I love that idea and that concept based on what we first read in Mark 2, 1. It's like, and they heard that Jesus was at home, right? And it's not even his home. It's, it's Peter's home. Yeah, he's living there. He's living there for a long time. But that's, that's the template for our lives, right? We need to be like Peter. We know that Jesus is in our home and other people know that Jesus is in our home. And that's what's going to change our city. And that, that's it. So jumping into the, the first one is, um, do, do you know you got Jesus in your home? Like, what does that mean? It's like, yeah, I know. <laughs> I'm watching the podcast right now. I know I got Jesus. I got my Bible here. Like, but, but I want to look at it from the lens of the Great Commission. Listen, listen to the just the opening and the ending, not, not the middle part where it's actually the, the, the checklist or the to-do list of, of discipleship, right? But just the opening and ending. Then Jesus came to them and said, all authority in heaven and on earth has been given to me. Dot, 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 dot. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. I, I think when we read the Great Commission, it's, it's easy to look at the checklist. It's easy to look at the to-do list and go, great, I got my three things, I'll take care of them, bup, 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 I'm done. But we can miss the critical part of this. All authority has been given to me on heaven and on earth. And, and uh, just reflect on that for a moment. The Father has been has given him the authority, meaning that Jesus is crafted in such a way that he is an authority holder. He can receive and hold all authority because he was, he is that. And then the key words is from heaven and earth, all authority on heaven and earth, all authority on heaven and earth. So my question is, have you given Jesus your authority? Have you said to Jesus, who can hold all authority, you can have mine. And this is kind of a, a throwback from last sermon. But in reality, Jesus can hold full authority, all authority, and run with it. Whereas we try to hold on to our own authority saying, no, I'm not ready. Like, this is my authority. This is my control. This is, I need to do this. I have authority in my home, in my life, and I, I'm the authority. And the beautiful part about that is it's not just something we're giving up. It's an exchange. Jesus is saying, give me your authority and you can have mine. Because the word says that we have the same authority that Jesus mm. has. 
the same power that he uses to raise people from the dead, the, the word promises that we walk in that authority. So isn't that, that's like the best exchange ever. It's not even like, here's yeah. something I'm giving up. It's we're walking with the Lord. It's hand in hand, but we first have got to give up our own authority. Mm. Oh, that's so good. Yeah, it's, it's, all about, it's all about this. In order to have Jesus in your home and, and you know, you know you have Jesus in your home. You know you have the authority. Don't waste your time holding on to your own authority. Don't waste your time. And so I, I've put together a few things, a few symptoms or signs that you haven't given all authority to Jesus yet. These are just a few. They're just things that the Holy Spirit prompted me about. I'm sure there's an endless list. And if there's one that's popping out in your mind, you're like, you didn't say that. It might be because the Holy Spirit's speaking to you about that. So one, what will they think if I ask to pray for them? If you've ever had that of like, oh, what if, I, what if I pray for this person? What will they think about it? That's a sign that maybe you haven't given the full authority to Jesus yet. It's like, what, what's going to happen? What are they going to think about? No, 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 don't waste your time holding on to your own authority. Give it to Jesus. And if he asks you to pray for it and it's, you're prompted in your spirit, just do it. That's on his authority of what happens next. That's not your authority. Your authority is handed over to him and you say, yes, Lord. Another one, if you've ever thought, if I win the lottery, then I'm going to tithe. <laughs> but until then, I can't afford it, right? Tithing isn't, isn't a thing. It's a, it's a heart issue, right? It's, it's I'm giving my authority over to God. It's, it's, my, it's my heart. I remember um, when we first got married, uh, we talked about tithing and that's, that's one thing that we like to do in our, in premarital counseling. It's like, well, what do you give? What's, what's part of that along with all the other things that you talk about when you're first getting married. And remember when we first got married, uh, we weren't making a, you know, a whole lot. And Patty would tithe, uh, in belief of this is what we're going to make someday. Right. And so it was always more than 10%. It's like, we're tithing this and believing God's going to bless us up to that through a raise or whatever. And I remember going, that's like, the, you know, I think we're 10%, <laughs> like 10%, and, and I remember having that attitude and, and I got over it, you know? And I'm like, you know what? Yeah, we can trust God. We're just gonna trust God here. And we're gonna give, and I remember we, I got a raise up to what we were tithing and Patty's like, okay, now we're going to tithe more. And I was like, well, we got the raise, babe. <laughs> and I was like, okay, it's still a hard issue. I'm going to, I'm going to deal with this. And it, you know, and so tithe more and then we got raised and then tithe more and we got raised. And it was just something that we built into our marriage of, you know what? It's not about money. It's about a heart. And I want to encourage you. It, have you given your authority over to Jesus or is it still a heart thing that you're holding on to? I know it was just giving above. Yeah. I can't talk about Jesus to that person. That might be another thing. It's like, well, you know, what are they going to think if I bring up love and peace and hope and joy? They get so angry and shut down. Well, yeah, because inside their spirit is raising up to rebel. And the moment that Jesus is brought in, the authority is shooken over their lives. And it's, you got to turn over your authority because Jesus is at work. You are the single lighthouse in that person's life. 
and you need to turn over the authority to Jesus in order to shine bright, and you need to change lives. <laughs> the other one that the Holy Spirit prompted, and these, these might just be words for one person watching or listening, is this, conditional faith. And here, here's what I mean. The Holy Spirit prompted me, and I, I, f- I feel like this might just be for like one person watching or listening, or they may have just stepped out of the room and you need to call them back because you know that that's them. <laughs> conditional faith. If they've ever said, we will see what happens. Well, I don't know. You know, I'm hearing this and we'll just see what happens. You know, I'm not going to give 100% effort until I see some results. And you know, even if I do this, we're going to see if it, you know, it's, it's going to go wrong. It's going to go bad again. And, and I can't do this until. It's like you're putting conditions on your authority, handing it over to Jesus. It might be disguised as pessimism, pessimism, but in reality, that's an authority issue. It's not, it's not just because your attitude's pessimistic. It's because it's an authority issue that you need to deal with. And so what I want to encourage this is whatever's going on, or if there's something else the Holy Spirit's prompting you right now, and you're like the <laughs> kind of that thing you feel, you know, that, that conviction the Holy Spirit can only convict. I want to challenge you. It's not all these different things that we need to get in alignment with. It's really just one thing and saying, God, I'm handing over my authority. It's a heart issue and I'm going to deal with it right now. You know, I'm not going to have a conditional faith any longer. I'm going to put both feet in and run after it. I'm not going to put one foot in waiting for something bad to happen anymore. I'm going to go after it. So, Do you know you have Jesus in your home? Do you know it? All the authority from the Father and from you rests on Jesus. And and that's the beauty of it. When, When your authority is turned over and the Father's authority has already been and it's all resting on Jesus, that's the moment when we can call in the name of Jesus and say all authority on heaven and on earth is yours. And he is holding them both there, all of heaven and all of earth and everything together. And then Jesus shows up and that's when the miraculous happens. That's when the the gifts of the Holy Spirit come in. We see peace, love, joy. We see words of encouragement. We see all these things start happening sporadically in throughout our city because we have agreed to say Jesus is in my home and I know it. I love it. And then number two, it's this. People know you got Jesus in your home. You know, it's one thing to be a believer and and you're like, yes, I I love Jesus. I read my Bible, I pray, I, I do all the things I'm supposed to do and I have a relationship with Jesus, but no one knows about it? Come on, right? This is a twofold. The, the people, Mark 2 said, it, wh- what was it one more time? When Jesus came back to Capernaum a few days later, it was heard that he was at home. People were showing up at the house with paralyzed friends. People were showing up with, with withered hands, where blind were showing up, have mercy. Like things were happening because people heard that Jesus was there. 
And if Jesus is the best kept secret, then no, no one's showing up to be able to get Jesus. People know you got Jesus in your home. I love that. Just going back, how did, how did people know where to find Jesus? They look for Jesus at the disciples' home, not at the church. And I mean, just digging like, just like one step further into the depth of this scripture. Think about this. The disciples were the friends and relatives and coworkers of the people looking for Jesus. All the disciples lived in the city where the people of that same city were looking for Jesus. And they all knew, all the people knew, the disciples, before Jesus and after Jesus. And they knew that all they had to do was go knocking on their door. Like it wasn't hard to find Jesus because the people tracked, they knew Peter got radically saved. And so they're like, well, you know, we can go to Peter's house, go to the tax collector's house. Like they knew where to go. Even the Pharisees who didn't like hate Jesus knew where to go. Mark chapter two continues on. They knew he was at the house. It goes on. It says that the, the disciples were there and the Pharisee and the people showing up. Like everyone knew where to find Jesus because they knew where to find the disciples. Everyone knows where to find Jesus because they know you and you have Jesus. We got it. We got to get those, those dots connected. I, I fully believe, I was, I was reflecting on trying to imagine all the lives saved through the, hit, the early church till now, right? And like, I was, I was trying to picture like some of the stats on this of like, if you could lump all the people into two groups, all the people in the church that's been saved since, since Mark chapter two, right? Or whatever, the early church, Jesus died and rose again. From that moment till right now, if you could lump all those people into two groups, one group being all the people that got saved because they randomly walked into a church building and met Jesus. And then all the people that got saved because a friend, a relative, coworker, someone told them about Jesus. And, and I, I really think it's overwhelmingly more of a percentage of people getting saved through someone, through a disciple of Jesus, than someone randomly walking into a building and I, I, I think it's an overwhelming stat. And, and, and we need to be that. We are called to be disciples of Jesus. This message is called, Don't Waste Your Time. Because in our shoes, we don't need to waste our time. But in this last point, don't waste someone else's time. And by that, I mean this. If you know someone needs Jesus and Jesus keeps putting on your heart, the longer you take to talk to them, the more time you're wasting them from living in the fullness of the love of Jesus. I thought about that and it, it kind of broke my heart because I was thinking about how, how long I'd staggered and waited to tell people earlier in my faith with Jesus. And I was thinking, I wasted some people's months and years before I told them about Jesus. And they were in hardship and I, I let them suffer in that. 
and I, I I don't mean to like be trying to throw conviction out here right now, but that's that's what I felt is I had wasted other people's time that they could have had with Jesus. And I want you to think about that is don't waste your time and don't waste other people's time anymore. It's time. And I love I love just wrapping it up on on uh, John 13:35 says this. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Your love. Your love for one another, your love for for not just other believers, but for other people in your city, your communities. Your your love for one another will prove to the world. And I, I wanted to to share part of, you know, the Great Commission. We we've read it so many times and we've heard it so many times in our lives. But look at look at verse 19 of the, the Great Commission one more time. Therefore go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to obey everything I have commanded you. But it starts with, therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, of all nations. It's saying, bridge the gap between people that don't look like you, don't sound like you, and maybe don't like you. We are in communities of people that are so diverse, and I want to encourage you, if there's someone that you don't like for whatever reason, that's not an option in the kingdom of God. Go and make disciples of all nations. People will know your love for, they will know that you are a disciple of Jesus because of your love for one another. And I want to encourage you. One of the things that we celebrate about our church is we are, we are, we're, we try to be diverse in every way. Through backgrounds, through skin color, through, through government beliefs, all areas of life. We want to be diverse because Jesus is diverse and, and heaven's not separated and segregated. We're all in this together. It doesn't matter your background. It doesn't matter what you look like. And maybe this is just a word for one person watching. I don't know. But I want us to remind, I want to remind our church of who we are as a church and who we are as believers and followers of Jesus. Our church vision, one more time, it's a lighthouse. It's the same shape as the cross, right? The center of the building is the foundation of our, our foundation on Jesus and we're pointed towards the Father in heaven and, and we know that we're structurally sound because we have a foundation. But then the arms that stick out, the cross, the arms of Jesus that go sideways and, and the light from a lighthouse that stretches out, it's about reaching out to those that we love with open arms all around us. And we can't forget that, right? The, the, we know that we have the foundation of Jesus in our homes and that people know that we have Jesus in our homes. And so wrapping this whole sermon series up, this whole message up today, the next step, something we end on is simply this, change your city, come on. Let's do it. 
we've, we've gone through all the different types of messages on what leads up to actually being impactful in our city. We've talked about what it takes to, to have Jesus in our lives to change our city. We've talked about today just recapping the whole thing and talking about what it means to change your city. Which is, just do it. This entire sermon series touched on all the facets of seeing your city changed. It's intentionally and directly share the love of Jesus in your home, outside your home, and in all the communities that you impact. Patty, can you, can you pray for us over worship? Would you all join me in prayer as we get ready to worship together? Lord, we thank you for being the almighty God who, who has sent Jesus to live by example of what loving one another means. And Lord, even though Jesus spent three years of active ministry, hmm. Lord, and was able to accomplish so much in just three years, I pray that we would find that encouraging of knowing we can accomplish so much also by just loving one another, by sharing what Jesus has done for us to those around us and so that they would know that what you have to offer is only good. So we thank you, Father, for your word that was spoken today. Lord, would we remember throughout our days, throughout our weeks, that we don't have time to waste anymore. Lord, that we're, cha- we're turning that corner of saying, okay, I'm getting to work here and I'm not going to waste my time. I'm not going to waste other people's precious time. Lord, because your love just, it, it, there's so much to offer. And so we thank you, Father. We thank you, Holy Spirit, for guiding us in, in how to do this, how to get this accomplished, knowing that you're holding our hand the whole way. You're leading us. You're showing us uh, what it means and what that means personally for each of us, how that's going to look of how we are to love one another. So we thank you, Father, for what you're going to be doing, what you've already begun to do. And we come before your throne, Lord, as we, we um, purify ourselves to come before your throne to worship you, the almighty God. We thank you, Father, that we have this ability to, to spend time at, at your throne, loving you, worshiping you, and, and just giving you our all at this moment, Lord. I pray against distractions that are around us, that we just hone in on this special time with you. And would we receive all that you have to give. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Let's worship. I could hold on, 
reflecting on the message and remembering the whole point of this series and while we're even on this earth is to point people back to Jesus. That means being an ambassador of his love, of his character, walking it out every day, even if it's hard, because it is. <laughs> he never promises it would be easy. He just promises he'd be with us in it. So hope that encourages you to walk in faith. Just, just take a step out and speak to people share God's love with them just be his love be with his people that's the best thing you could do if you think about his character and the things that he did all throughout the word he was just with people right where they were he didn't make them come to where he was most people just went because they wanted to be with him but he was always going places that you wouldn't or shouldn't go because he wanted to be with his people so be with people, go share his love with others and be with them wherever they are, as COVID safe as you can be. But just make space for people to be themselves and make space to love people the way God would love them. Our next steps, it says change your city. This entire sermon says touches on all the facets of seeing your city changed. Isn't that what we all want? We just wanna see his kingdom come and his will be done. That's been my prayer all week in light of everything that I've seen on the news. I'm like, Jesus, come, have your way. Your kingdom come, your will be done. Intentionally and directly share the love of Jesus this week. That's our challenge to you this week. Intentionally share the love of Jesus indirectly. There's lots of people who are out of touch and disconnected because of this pandemic. It's been a great opportunity for them to hide and be disconnected. I'm challenging you and me, all of us. Let's intentionally and directly meet those people and share God's love. Amen? All right. We love you guys. We look forward to seeing you every single week. Keep commenting. Keep sharing these videos. People need to see that God loves us and he loves them too. We love you. See you next week.